0: Warning. This case discusses murder, crimes against children, and alleged abuse. Listener to discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 114. I apologize for taking last week off, however, I had a fun few days with my mom while she was visiting. Today, I will be talking about a quadruple murder that occurred in Wyoming in 1990. My sources for today's episode are Kids Behind Bars, Life or Parole, Season 1, Episode 6, LA Times, APNews.com, TorringtonTelegram.com, and WYODaily.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. Jamie Lively kid who killed his family well this is the road going up to the james wiley house found a chair Her boy was sitting in the chair you could tell something was wrong i can't believe a kid this age could do something like this we see the mother face was missing a close contact wound of a shotgun it stays with you it haunts you on november 24th 1990 James Jamie Wiley, who was 15, killed his stepmother and three stepbrothers in Thermopolis, Wyoming. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole at 15 years old. In 2012, the Supreme Court ruled these sentences as unconstitutional. Many believe James would kill again if he was released, especially if anyone got in his way. On November 24, 1990, the fire department was called out to the Wiley home because their house had been set on fire. The house was fully engulfed in flames. When the first responders entered, a young boy, Jesse, was sitting on the chair. He had been shot in the ear as he sat in the chair. The youngest victim, Tyrone, was only five years old. He was found between the chair and table, and he had also been shot in the head. The third victim was about 10 years old, and his name was Willie. He had been shot and was found on the couch as well. The final victim was Jamie's stepmom, Becky. Her face was missing. James, or Jamie as he went by then, was the oldest. He was found alive and claimed he was suffering from smoke inhalation and was sent to the hospital. Jamie was described as being a good student and had been on the honor roll. Jamie was interviewed in the hospital about how the fire had started. He said he had ran next door to a neighbor's house and reported seeing a large, unusual man. He said the man had been holding a shotgun, He said he heard the shots, saw the fire, and saw the man run out of the house. He was interviewed again the next day about the large man. The police asked him what the man had been wearing. Jamie had looked over at his own clothes, which were nearby, and described the man as wearing light-colored jeans, sweatshirt, and white high-tops, which is exactly what Jamie had been wearing. After making up this man that killed his family, he looked at the police and said that he was going to fry, wasn't he? They also said his demeanor completely changed. Jamie said he had spent the night before the murders in a hotel room with a couple other people. He had gotten hold of Master Key and had broken into several other hotel rooms. They had dropped him off the next morning. Jamie's dad had already left for work, but he got into an argument with his stepmom. Jamie said after the argument, he went into his bedroom and grabbed a shotgun. He said he loaded it and shot his stepmom while she was sitting at the table. He shot two of his stepbrothers and then ran out of ammunition. The 10-year-old Willie was able to run outside, but Jamie went to reload his gun. He went outside, dragged his brother back into the house, and shot him. One of the shots had been through his mouth. Jamie said his brother begged for his life. Jamie knew he needed to get rid of the evidence, so he piled some clothing on the floor and started the house on fire. Many described him as having no remorse for what he did. Jamie had no history of fighting with his stepbrothers. It's believed that he killed them because they had witnessed him killing their mom. Michael Wiley, James' dad, described his son as a monster, but said he had been trying to forgive his son since this happened. Jamie pled not guilty, but they had to have a hearing to determine if he was fit to stand trial. He was found not qualified for an insanity defense at his trial. He entered a plea agreement in which he would plead guilty to three first-degree murder charges, one second-degree murder, and one charge of arson. He began serving his sentence at 15 years old. In 2012, when the Supreme Court ruled the sentences as unconstitutional, his case was reexamined. Jamie's legal team filed a motion requesting a resentencing hearing. Jamie was interviewed in prison for this episode. He claimed he thought he was smart for his age, and he also claimed that he was dangerous when he was a teenager. He was described as charming and manipulative. Becky's sisters were interviewed in this episode. They believe that Jamie should stay in prison for the rest of his life, especially after he escaped from prison. In 1995, Jamie had been in prison for five years and was 20, when he escaped from prison with another inmate. They had been in the exercise yard and were able to get past the guards. Jamie said he jumped three fences and said he was able to learn that there was a ditch, he could hide in from watching the animals do it. He said they ran four miles, hid in the dark, and then were able to walk into the next town. Jamie stole a truck, but it ran out of gas. He spent three days on the run and said he could hear the search dogs and helicopters. He said he turned back around and went to the highway. He was able to crawl under the axle of a semi-truck and crawled out when he reached Ogden, Utah. He said he was very cut up from being under the truck. Jamie said he called a friend to pick him up and waited several hours, when two men came out of the woods with guns and apprehended him. He said his friend wanted to collect the reward money for turning him in to the FBI. Jamie was convicted of escape charges. Under Wyoming law, if you escape, you aren't eligible for parole anymore. Jamie was asked why he, what he would say to people who said he could never be rehabilitated. He said he did kill but was only 15 when he did it. He also said he wanted to take what he learned to help someone else not make the mistake he did. When Jamie was asked why he killed his family, he said his home life wasn't great. He said he felt like a piece of property that his parents fought over. He was four years old when his parents divorced and ended up with his mom. Jamie said Michael kidnapped him and took him to Wyoming. He said his mom grabbed him and him from the playground when he was in kindergarten and took him to Louisiana. Jamie also said that he was beat by his stepdad. Michael got custody of Jamie when he was 10. They then moved to Thermopolis and Jamie struggled. Jamie said his dad didn't trust his stepmom Becky. He said he was able to pick up on it when he was very young, and he claimed Becky was probably cheating on Michael. Jamie said he hated her. Becky's sisters said that Becky was afraid of Michael and didn't want to make him mad. They said Michael isolated Becky and said she wasn't even allowed to see them. Becky was attending nursing school in Riverton and even called a realtor to take the boys to live with her. Becky had planned to see her family for Thanksgiving, but Michael wouldn't allow her to. Two days later, she was murdered. They said they asked Jamie why he killed Becky and his brothers, and Jamie's response was to please his father. Michael denied any allegations of abuse in his marriage. Jamie said he killed his brothers to protect them. He said his dad never told him to kill anyone, but he wanted to please his dad. Jamie now says he was misguided and now sees that Becky was always nice to him. Jamie's crime was horrific and violent, plus it involved the murder of three children. Becky's sister, Jolene, said she visited Jamie in prison in 2015 and says that she knew from that conversation he hasn't been rehabilitated. Jamie's resentencing request was accepted. Jamie and his dad say they understand why Becky's sisters feel the way they do, but that Jamie is grown now and understands what he did. Jamie's case was eventually dismissed after a special prosecutor from the state reviewed it. And I have to agree with the court's decision. Yes, James was only 15 at the time of the crime. However, he killed his stepmom, three stepbrothers, and shot one of them in the mouth. He has taken responsibility, but at the same time seems to be blaming his dad for why he committed the murders. But I'd love to know what you think. Do you think James deserves to be released or needs to remain in prison for the rest of his life? My book recommendation for this week is The Intern by Michelle Campbell. Madison Rivera lands the internship of a lifetime working for Judge Catherine Conroy, but Madison has a secret that could destroy her career. Her troubled younger brother Danny has been arrested, and Conroy is the judge on the case. When Danny goes missing after accusing the judge of corruption, Madison's quest for answers brings her deep into the judge's glamorous world. Is Catherine Conroy a mentor, a victim, or a criminal? Is she trying to help Madison or use her as a pawn? And why is somebody trying to kill her? As the two women circle each other in a dangerous cat and mouse game, will they save each other or will betrayal leave, them, leave one of them dead? Madison is excited when she lands a job with Judge Katherine Conroy. However, Madison has her motives for why she wanted this job. It's clear Madison cares for her brother Danny, but soon feels like she has to show her loyalties to the judge while secretly trying to figure out if this judge is who she says she is. This book had me very suspicious of everyone. I also like the dynamics between her brother, Madison and her brother versus her and the judge. And I give this book an 8 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Instagram at It's Crime O'Clock Summer Twitter at It's Crime O'Clock, email me at It's Crime O'Clock Summer at gmail.com. Buy me a coffee and please leave me a five star rating and review if you're enjoying this podcast. I will be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.